What is up, everybody? My name is Chad Brock. And I'm Zach Bailiff. You guys watching the Orion Podcast. y'all how's that like what that? up it's new feels like it's been feels like it's been a while it's been two weeks it's been two weeks since we've been here it feels it feels new. longer than that we've both picked up new lighting we look you know very cinematic Clear, clearly the, the the studio got an upgrade down here so we're working on it we're getting better and we should be because tonight officially starts and i don't know if we call it this or not dude is it season two? Season two? I don't know. We Where'd never we really took a break. We just rolled on through. No, we never really took a break. But it, it's kind of like it's kind of like the anniversary date. We made it a year. You guys have put up with us a year um, with the Orion podcast. So happy to be here. Happy to have a brand new guest tonight. And yeah, we're still we're still at it. Um, life happenings, life happenings. So boat show was that last weekend? Yeah. Uh, yes. That was. I don't know. Was, it all blends together. Last yeah. I think that was last weekend. It all. It's all like just jumbled up, man. It really is. I yeah. don't even know. But uh, yeah, thanks. Uh, got some people in the house. You got Jesse. You got Gene. In. You got Christian. Um, congratulations on our one year anniversary. Yeah, we've been married. We've been married a year here at the Orion Podcast. <laughs> <laughs> yeah so longer than that truth be told so yeah it's it's been a long time in the making it has it has man and you know lots of good guests lots of good guests to come tonight's guest no exception kind of excited uh we're going to the we've not been to missouri tonight we're going to missouri so without further ado one mr chris Ritchie. I hit the button. It's on the wrong side. <laughs> I turned it off. Hey, there we are. There we are. You got to be. You got to be well, the big, and we're gonna stay small down here because this shows I'm, about you. Usually, I'm big without being front and center, anyway. So, <laughs> <laughs> so hey, I'll so, take it. How's uh, how's things going out there tonight in uh, in the great state of Missouri? Well, it's going uh, well. I think it's it's raining. Um, we just got back from baseball practice, so uh, that's fun. But, yeah, it's going good, you know, waiting for spring, anxiously awaiting spring. Anxiously awaiting. You guys right? survived the ice storm, I assume. Yeah, 
yeah, it was it was wild. I mean, <clears throat> honestly, it came in kind of out of surprise <clears throat> completely where we were we were just kind of out and about, weren't expecting the storm that soon. And then all of a sudden my wife's on the way to Springfield with some friends. And then uh, if you don't know Springfield, that's uh, where uh, Bass Pro HQ is at. So mm-hmm. uh, she was on her way right. to Springfield and had to turn and come back because in, in about a five mile stretch, she saw three wrecks. So, oh, wow. Yeah, we we got extremely lucky here in that line of through Indiana and we actually didn't have much here at home, which was nice. So there's still there's still hope it's in the 60s here to tomorrow and today. And well, I don't think tomorrow, but later this week, it'll be 60. Next couple days here, I think it's just warm and rain. That groundhog was wrong. (laughs) <laughs> that's that's how you can say the groundhog was wrong we're going fishing in two let's, weeks let's hope nah we'll we, see we had the boat show last weekend or maybe it was a weekend before anyways it was when the ice came mm-hmm. and you could tell the weather was getting interesting because we went from a steady stream of people to no one <laughs> so, <laughs> pretty quick so That tends to happen at boat shows. Like I usually go to the Louisville one. I was actually at the Louisville one probably about the same time you was at the one out by you. And, you know, when the Kentucky basketball game comes on, it's like a ghost town. (laughs) I mean, just everybody. It's like an ice storm, but it's Kentucky basketball. They will not be there if the the, uh, Wildcats are on. Yeah. Same way for us when the Chiefs played the Jaguars, we had another boat show and, uh, as soon as the game came on, it was it was like no one. It was a ghost town, you know. Oh yeah, people got to get out there and watch the ball game. That's good though. That's good. <laughs> Jesse's telling us that in Florida it's 80, 80 degrees for the high. We um, hope you enjoy the fifty four, Jesse. We hope you can cool off in the fifty four degree weather, just like we are up here. <laughs> um, yeah, for sure. Jump into this thing. Let's. Um, always like to on the Orion podcast, get to know our guests, figure out how they got started in the outdoors. That's always the big question. So Chris, let's lead off there. Okay. How did you fall in love with the outdoors? How did you kind of find out that, you know, you had a passion for just being outside and doing what you do? So I think to start, it was um, a float trip uh, with my dad. Um, whenever I was probably 10 or 11, and before that, we would go fishing on the lake and stuff like that um, in his boat. He had, a, you know, the old V bottom with the 25 horse Johnson, you know, that I think everybody's dad had back in the day. Mm-hmm. Um, mm-hmm. But it was never really like, you know, and it, it was fun going on the boat, <clears throat> but I was never really bit by that bug, I don't think, until we went on a float trip. And um, it, was a, it was a miserable float trip. Uh, why it was so influential, I don't know, but. Uh, we thought it was going to be a three-hour float trip. It ended up being a nine-hour float trip. And we were all roasted. Um, I had never paddled a canoe, and it was me and one of my older brothers. He had never paddled a canoe. And so, needless to say, uh, we didn't do a very good job. <laughs> and, uh, so, uh, anyways, that, that trip kind of solidified the outdoors for me, I think. Um, but, you know, it, it's really something that's like, you know, the outdoors for me has always been something that uh, ever since that moment, you know, it's been kind of relaxing. And I've mm-hmm. always had a high stress for one. 
whether it's self-induced or not, I've always had a lot of stress around me, you know? And so it was like, you know, if I could get unplugged from all this, Mm-hmm. Uh, anyway, I'm going to do that. And I kind of recognize that from an early age, uh, even when I was 15, 16, all the way up until I started kayak fishing. Um, it was all about like, I just want to get in a stream and I want to walk up river and I'm going to fish every hole I find, mm-hmm. you know? Um, and so, <clears throat> excuse me. So, you know, it's always been about the the easiest way to get the, the biggest bang for your buck in, in the way of, relaxing and, and hopefully being around some water, but not, not mutually exclusive to water. I, I like hunting and hiking and stuff like that as well. Right on, right on. Yeah. Um, so as far as fishing, what are some of the things that you get into out there? Um, different aspects of it and you know, what's your, what's your prime real estate as far as water? Are you lake guy, river guy? Oh, uh, I'm, you know, I've, there's sections of the lake that I like to fish, but, Really, all of them end up, you know, I end up up a river arm or creek arm or something. And that's really the bread and butter for me, you know. I don't know. It's just nice to <clears throat> to be in an area. You know, I have a creek here that I like to fish a lot. I call it Creek X because I don't want anybody to know about it. Even mm-hmm. though at this, at this point, I think Creek X is probably the worst kept secret in the area. But um, it's... Uh, it's great because it's a it's a small um, there are parts of it that's literally only big enough for a big bigger to fit through. I mean, it's mm-hmm. narrow in, in spots, um, but then it widens out and you get these big bluffs and you get moving water. And um, and every single time I hit it, I see something new. And every year it seems like the river has completely changed. So right. um, I can float the same spot four years in a row and it always looks different and uh you know it's one of these things where um you never know what you're going to see on the river either all you know everything funnels to the river and in a lake i feel like you can miss that you don't get to see um all the stuff around you as much because it's not there's no centralized point of course the water is a centralized point but it's even more so in in a creek or a river because you know traditionally the the land comes down towards it and you know all the animals come come down towards it and it's you know everything is funneled towards that water so everything comes to the riverbank at some point yeah definitely and i like what you're saying you know going there and it being different every time you go i think you know there's a there's a creek we would like to call it creek x but we've done screwed that up um on our own yeah. thanks to thanks to our uh, illustrious youtube career um uh-huh but it uh it changed you know literally every time that we went down there you know you get a big rain and you come back and just the lay of the land it's like you have to relearn it and look at it a little bit different this bar sandbars moved here and this gravel bed's a little channels have changed and yeah it's really it's really crazy um (laughs) what's some of the biggest surprises that you've found, you know, going back and looking at an area and going, Holy cow, this is like way deeper than it used to be. Or <laughs> I'd say the biggest surprise I found was <clears throat> actually on another Creek where um, there's a fork um, and it, you could go left or right. And um, left was always, you know, barely any water in it. And it was, 
full mud bottom. So if you had to get out, you're stepping in two foot of mud and you're probably losing a shoe. And the other side is, you know, fast moving water. It's, you know, no dragging and it was great, mm -hmm. but it's a blind, it's blind on both sides because um, of the way that it comes out at the other side and where the trees are. You, you really don't know what's on the other side. Well, I was with a group of people. Um, I used to guide uh, doing uh, river fishing trips and I was guiding and I knew this stretch. So this is a total rookie move. I know this stretch like the back of my hand and I knew exactly what I was doing. And I took that side. Um, and it was one of those trips. It was like last minute book and I needed a place I could put them on fish for sure. And uh, so I, I went there, even though I hadn't been on it yet that year. And I went right like I always do. And there's a huge, huge log jam. Mm -hmm. And um, it, it basically, the base of the river basically ended there. But the log jam was so bad that this other side had all the mud washed out. And it was now the clear moving path through. <clears throat> and honestly, I think, well, the last time I was on that stretch, which was last year, um, it is now the main, <laughs> the main part of the channel. So wow. uh, it completely changed the way the river flowed around that that uh, little island or whatever. But that was definitely the biggest because I was with inexperienced paddlers and I went around that, that blind corner and I thought, we are all going to drown. <laughs> oh, <laughs> so man. It was pretty scary. Um, I can imagine. But I, uh, I, whenever I was guiding, I was told by a, um, a survival uh, guy, <clears throat> a, a whitewater rescue guy, always carry... Uh, some like half inch clear tubing mm -hmm. guide. <clears throat> and um, if someone gets pinned, uh, like under the water, you can pass them that tubing and hold it over the water so they can breathe while you're getting them unstuck. Mm -hmm. Now, I've tried this in theory, I've never tried it in a high pressure position, but it was really funny because um, I placed tubing in each kayak. And, right. And I, you know, in our safety briefing, I went through that <laughs> before I could even tell this guy to, to stop. He was already pulling his tubing out like he's like something's about to happen, you know. <laughs> but thankfully, I uh, I was able to get out. I pushed my kayak up on the bank and I I kind of caught them as they were going. And it all came out like I knew what I was doing. But in all reality, I was scared to death. <laughs> so, yeah. I I think we've all had that moment. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. It was, it was definitely scary. Um, I've had a lot of interesting things happen while guiding, but that was the scariest for sure. So. Now guiding, obviously uh, we've asked Jim Sammons this question. We'll ask you, um, is there anybody you've ever wanted to knock in the water? Oh Yeah. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> There was this guy that I took. Uh, it was him and his son, and uh, the son was great. He was very respectful. He was <clears throat> 15 or so, but this guy was a jerk, <laughs> <laughs> and he wouldn't listen, um, but he was really the only one. Um, everybody else was pretty great. Uh, I mean, I, I never really had any issues. Um, I had a guy, interestingly enough, he uh, lived in St. Louis, uh, which is about four hours north of me, mm -hmm. hours. and he had he was my age, and he had just sold his company, and he wanted to know how to 
he wanted to learn how to river fish. Right. Uh, and I took him on the first trip and he sold his house and everything he owned and he moved down here so he could fish the river the whole summer. <laughs> wow. So, um, yeah, it was, it was real interesting. He was, he was an interesting guy. He actually, so funny enough, he, um, one day he's like, Hey, can you store my kayaks for me? Uh, I'm going to be going away for a while. And I was like, yeah, sure. No problem. I got room. And, uh, he ended up moving to New York and I still have all of this stuff in, in my, in my garage. Wow. Two kayaks and, and wow. 15 or $20,000 worth of gear. It's <laughs> Does he call and be like, Hey, how's my stuff doing? No, actually I messaged him not too long ago to make sure he was still alive. And, uh, he's like, yeah, I plan on coming down there this summer, but he, he moved to New York, um, right before the, the pandemic started. And oh wow! Kind mm-hmm. of lock everything locked down up there, and well, now they now they won't let him out. Right? Yeah. <laughs> it's like now we I got think, you. Now I think he's been converted, so he's he's just not wanting to come back. You know? <laughs> <laughs> <Yeah>. <clears throat> what about you guys? What What have you got? Have you guys seen any crazy stuff like that on the river? Oh yeah, the river is uh, the river here. I wish, and, and Zach will attest to this. I wish that our river was this just nice, riffly, clear, clean river. It's clear. not. It's, yeah, it's, it's dammed up. And, the farthest uh, thing from it. Yeah, it's the farthest thing from it. It uh, it is a life of its own out here, um, to say the least. It, it can be, it can be interesting. Um, the people that you meet on white river here through, uh, <clears throat> through Indiana. Um, it, we've met, uh, just, just to sum it up, we've met a guy that's sleeping in the back of a Toyota truck. Um, he, <laughs> he, uh, takes off riding a BMX bike and this guy's, <clears throat> he's, he's definitely older than me. And he gets on this BMX bike and he's got the dog on the leash and he cruises up through town and, you know, I mean, especially when it gets late at night, you know, we had one guy, we was going down to the, uh, to the dam one night to do a little late night catfishing as most kids in their twenties do with beverages and having a good time. Um, he proceeded to tell us to go down there, knock everybody out of the way and own it. Just walk in there like we own it. And this is a great conversation. He was a little three sheets to the wind, but it was fun. Um, <laughs> and then we've got the, uh, the, fabulous the the great asian carp um in our river so it's it's progressively getting worse um so it does take away from some of the fun when you get into some of the creeks and different things until you run into some super shallow water but uh when you're on when you're on a big boat and you're cruising down through there you can make them dudes rocket ship out of the water i have i have i have been tattooed don't forget the eighth wonder of the world the great williams dam the Great Williams Dam is the eighth wonder of the world. It has a hole in the middle of it. <laughs> <laughs> Quite literally, there's a hole. Um, but it's still holding water. There's enough mud behind it now that it's probably about clogged up. <laughs> so we're slowly silting in, if that tells you anything. Like this dam's been up for so long now that our river system here is just slowly silted back towards um, from Williams to Bedford, which is, um, I think they say it's about a 12 mile run a river. Wow. 
So it's uh, you can literally at, at our at our bridge where our main put in ramp is in the summertime. You can you can literally walk across the river. Mm-hmm. I mean, it may be up to your shoulders or up to your chest, but you can walk across there. But mm-hmm. yeah, our river our river fishing life is uh, locally very lack very lackluster. Very lackluster unless you get in the creek and paddle or pedal back to where the smallmouth are. Right. Is so, that a functional dam or not anymore? I don't remember when they stopped function on it. There's actually been some petitions to try to get it tore down, but or turn it back on, try to find a way to, you know, get it generating electricity again. But uh yeah. nothing like that seems to happen. It always seems to get squashed. So and with the Asian carp, you know, it's just a whole mess of its own at this point. Man, I'm hoping we keep those Asian carp out here as long as out of here as long as possible but um we had a guy post a picture of one not too long ago he'd caught and it's usually when you find one that's kind of the beginning of the end you know mm-hmm. yep yeah. yeah those things those things spread bad uh and quick uh, yeah it's it's incredible i mean uh, it, to be on kentucky lake i went down there when uh Jackson was working with the FLW back in the day and, and went on one of those little deals. And I can remember sitting on the lake before all the tournaments kind of abandoned Kentucky Lake. And you look at the fish finder and it's like, I mean, there was just fish stacked, but they were Asian carp oh, is what they wow. were. And I mean, it, I have still to this day saved that image on my phone. And it's just an incredible reminder of how much that place changed overnight. Yeah. Yeah. Um, I, I would say, though, at least for our creeks here, probably the, the most, um, the worst thing that's happened to them um, was probably COVID. Mm-hmm. Um, you know, not, not near the scale of Asian carp for sure, but um, it was like everyone, <clears throat> excuse me, everyone here, figured out that there were creeks and rivers nearby that they could hit mm-hmm. and you know streams that you never saw anyone on went from you know like I said not seeing anybody to you know it being completely congested and every put in and take out is is full of cars you know mm-hmm. um, and even worse than that the worst part about that is number one people are not respectful to the to the environment you know as far as you know picking up their trash and stuff like that but um and i'm not one of these people that is a real like rah 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 you gotta catch and release you know right. um these small creeks can't handle that ecosystem can't handle people taking fish out by buckets you know mm-hmm. um yeah you know on a large scale you know <clears throat> this one that I call Creek X, uh, real small creek, but um, a 20-inch smallmouth was um, pretty common. I, I wouldn't say common, but, you know, it wasn't a huge surprise. It was always exciting, but it wasn't like, man, I've never seen one of these here, you know. It was, right. Uh, but, you know, it went from that to it's hard, it's hard to find fish at all, you know. Right. Um, but... Uh, I'm hoping that, you know, I <clears throat> I have conflicting philosophies because I always feel like we should be sharing the outdoors with everybody. Mm-hmm. Um, but people also 
with that same breath, people have to have to be respectful of these resources um, because they're not infinite, you know? And so that's, right. that's one thing that I really hated about, um, about COVID. It was <clears throat> initially, it was really neat to see everyone getting out in the water and stuff like that. But after a while, it's like, man, I have not seen this much trash at a takeout in my whole life or, you know, this spot that has had fish for the last 15 years uh, now has nothing, you know? Right. So yeah. that, that was disheartening, but I think now that stuff has gotten kind of back to normal, I, I hope, you know, it's going to take time, but I hope that all the streams get back to normal around here. Yeah. I, I think that's very fair. I mean, and, and you know, here locally, um, for us, I think that when you look at it, at COVID put a lot more people on the water, just like you said. And I think it, it whether they, whether it was catch and release or just catching, uh, catch and take, I think, you know, that influx, such a great influx of people affected fisheries all across the United States. I mean, you know, it got tough, it got real tough, but you, you know, you unloaded a whole whole bunch of people that were tied up with travel sports and the different things. And, you know, all of a sudden they had time and they went and bought kayaks. They went and bought boats. They went and bought campers. I mean, it was pretty incredible. I mean, the outdoor industry as a whole. Um, it exploded. It exploded. <laughs> <laughs> to yeah. say the least, there's a lot of good gear out there for sale now. Uh, if anybody's <laughs> looking for <Yeah>. used stuff. <laughs> yeah, the used market's ridiculous. It, it is. Um, it is. It's so saturated. Yeah. <laughs> yeah I, really, I thought that, you know, that big burst of people, I I told her, I have a pretty good relationship with our local uh, Jackson and Orion dealer. Mm -hmm. um, and uh, I told them, I thought, I really thought that when that the bubble was going to pop on that, you know, for a short time because all these people that thought they wanted kayaks are going to end up putting them on them on, you know, marketplace. Yep. Uh, but if the, you know, you know, the, the positive about that is it lets people that couldn't afford it initially get a better kayak mm -hmm. and, and, you know, gets them a better introduction into the sport, but um, it does make it difficult, I think on, on dealers for sure. Yeah. And Zach, what are you seeing on the hunting side? Are you seeing a pretty big influx of uh, used equipment out there, gear all over the place where little Johnny's went back to uh, playing travel ball? <laughs> yeah, I mean, there, there's some of it out there. Uh, I mean, the honestly, the like the used bow market, for instance, has been, I mean, it's been saturated now for, I used to buy and sell used bows a lot to try and upgrade, you know, every year, every two years. And used to, you could still get pretty good resale value out of a, you know, two, three year old bow. And now, I mean, a bow that's eight months old, you're going to be, I don't know, half or less of what retail is on it. Mm -hmm. Even the carbons, just because there are so many out there. And wow. it's not because there's people getting out of it. It's because there are that many guys now buying a brand new bow every single year and just ditching their old one for whatever they can get out of it. It just, that part of it blows my mind. But as far as, you know, through COVID and all that stuff, 
I don't know. I the, the pro shops were, I mean, as busy as they could be. They were selling product left and right. Uh, mm-hmm. You know, my Hoyt rep and all the brands that he carries through Altec, or uh, he's not Altec. He's one of the other rep groups, but uh, Summit, I think. I mean, all his brands were doing really, really well. It, it was amazing. You know, people couldn't go do anything else, so they got outside, which was awesome. Um, right. But I've not really, no, looked at the used market a ton, especially since you know, a Craigslist is ate up with nothing but scams now, <laughs> and uh, Facebook Marketplace won't let you sell anything fun. Yeah, Facebook Marketplace won't let you sell anything fun. So, right. um, you know that that kind of uh, eliminates your your avenues for selling used hunting gear, as far as even archery sites and, I mean you know, barely used arrow shafts and things like that, but archery talk still out there. And then you'll see some guys post some stuff through social, but <laughs> I uh, love the, I love the I mean, cryptic posts where it'll have like a stack of books with a bow on top and it'll be like a stack of books for sale. Uh-huh. $500, yeah. You know? yeah. <laughs> cardboard, cardboard box for sale, $975. It just happens <laughs> to have a Hoyt logo on it. Yeah. Algorithm yeah. won't catch me. That's what they're thinking. I'm sure. Uh, I tell you, mm-hmm. man, I, you know, the thing that's got me like talking about Facebook marketplace and used stuff being for sale is ATVs. I've kind of had this little, Oh really? Oh yeah. A little itch, a little itch, a little itch that I don't need to have at my age now. (laughs) (laughs) I find myself looking and going, and I I keep looking at like the early 2000 ones, like it'd be a good, it'd be a good Mm -hmm. wintertime. The the good ones. Just to rebuild that, you know, just restore. I'm going to restore it with, all aftermarket parts um like a banshee or something yeah like i yeah. even looked at a blaster the other day oh yeah <laughs> i was yeah. like i need a uh, blaster like i need a hole in my head <laughs> nick nick yeah. over at aae nick nick over at aae has a banshee that is mint and he just put a brand new full skid plate on it he got for christmas <laughs> he fired it up the other day it sounded fantastic oh those are amazing sounding beasts uh, yeah, they're terrifying. Mm-hmm. Yeah, they'll no way they'll two smoke. Yeah, right. <laughs> I can't believe this that small of an engine makes that much power. It just, oh, it's oh, incredible. It's and of course, mm-hmm. now, now ATVs. And are if you remember the going away. Mm-hmm. Yeah, I mean, if you remember the the uh, what was it the Honda had the two fifty R. Everybody stretched the swing arms out way out on them so they could keep them on the ground. Yeah. <laughs> Yeah, I'd like okay. to find one of those too. You know what? Really, this yeah. is kind of like way off the subject. I don't know how we got here. Um, I took us here. <laughs> I don't either. I took us here, but I've been looking it's at great. three wheelers. Yeah, oh. like an old three Honda, the old, the old, the old big, the old big red. Oh no, the old three fifty X man. Get that old four stroke engine in there. <laughs> You know the you know the that stupid game that people play where they put their hand on the table and they take a knife and they go like between their yeah their absolutely yeah and it makes it more fun yeah. when you're drinking yeah. you know well I feel like that's the same chance you take when you get on a three wheeler hundred <laughs> percent I've never turned yeah, down yeah. no ever <laughs> <laughs> I don't know if that says more about the three wheeler or me but either way. I mean, yeah, I always I felt like right. three wheelers spent more time laying on their side than they did upright on yeah. the wheels. But you know, you wasn't doing it right unless you could ride that dude on two wheels for like a mile. Yeah, then you then you knew one. you were doing something. 
we had one my parents bought us when we were really little um, which is great putting a little kid on a three-wheeler but it was a 50 cc shaft yamaha shaft oh, and man. uh that thing was ridiculous but we had rode it our whole lives and never never had anything crazy happen and whenever i was about 12 my cousin got on it and he ran that thing i'm not joking it looked intentional I know it wasn't, but it looked intentional. But he ran that thing full speed straight into a tree, and I thought it killed him. <laughs> <laughs> I mean, he hit that, and it looked like a cartoon. Like he came up off the seat and right into the tree, and then he just laid on the ground and didn't move. And I was like, oh, great. <laughs> it was a, of course, had a family barbecue. All the women screamed and ran after him. I got I've seen my brother that, do that a time or two on a dirt bike. Yeah, and I got a cousin that me and Zach pretty sure he should have died a few times. <laughs> oh, Tyler could. Oh, Tyler could wreck one like nobody's business, couldn't he? Jeez. Yeah. No, I still remember that time he had it bounce off his head yeah. coming down the hill out there at my place that day. That yeah. was that was probably the most scared I've been in one yeah. of those situations. That, that thing ran up the you... tree straight over backwards and just drove his helmet face first down into the dirt. Oh my God. <laughs> so much so that it broke it broke the yeah. it broke the jaw guard on the on the helmet on both sides. Oh my gosh. <clears throat> That's awesome. Yeah. When you've got that one buddy that was that wild. Wrecks, wrecked hard enough that it's like, oh my gosh, we're gonna have to call his parents. And I was probably that guy a few times, but <clears throat> everybody had that friend that's like, oh my gosh, we're gonna have to call his mom and dad. <laughs> yeah. It's a good time to be young again, gentlemen, to be young again. So cheers to everybody that's old with us out there now. Um, we appreciate you <laughs> reminiscing on three wheeler, three and four wheeler hour. Um, <clears throat> yeah, I, there's still, there's still many a day where I daydream about having my old XR 400 back. So do you still feel like you could do it? No. Uh, once I got past the arm pump, and got my forearms back in <laughs> back in riding shape. Yeah, I think I could get after it, but <laughs> I don't I, know. I used to ride a uh, Outlaw 500, the Polaris Outlaw 500. I don't mm. know if you're familiar with that, but um, I was thinking about the other day about how we'd ride it through the field pretty hard and be you know throwing our weight into it and getting it to slide real real hard, and we do that for hours. And I was thinking, man. I don't know that I could do that for 15 minutes without walking away with a limp and my throwing my back out. A hundred percent. When you hit the dirt, it's you're going to get up a little bit slower. I, I feel like and you're going to be sore. Oh like, yeah. Good week. Yeah, yeah. The recovery. Yeah, time I wouldn't, is... I wouldn't take this. Yeah. I wouldn't take the spills near as well as I used to, but no, uh, absolutely not. No, <laughs> No. But it's somewhere in my mind. There's still this like I, I could, I can do it. Yeah. Especially like when you see something. Or at least I, with one, and you're like, yeah, I'd like to show them that I, I still got. I just like to get on it and just crack it wide open. I'd be like the old man in that bicycle video <laughs> I sent you earlier today, Zach, <laughs> on Instagram. I say that. So I say that, but I don't remember how many years years ago it was. Now my brother come home with a. He was a CRF. No, it was one of the newer CRF 250s. It was fuel injected. And I mm -hmm. rode that thing down the road and back. And I came back and I gave it right back to him. I said, no, I don't want to. <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> that thing. 
that thing was wicked. I mean, I was running 85 mile an hour up Tomlinson Road <laughs> in oh. like, I don't know, fourth <clears throat> gear. <laughs> well, the, I don't know how your guys' wives are, but mine, you know, like I'll be flipping and, you know, the real the reels are the, everybody flips the reels. You get bored, you flip reels. Right. And I was flipping them on, you know, Instagram and every now and then you'll hear the dirt bike ones and I'll sit there and watch the whole thing because that's just me. But I mean, it's almost like her head just spins all the way around. She goes, no. Does <laughs> <laughs> anybody yeah. else's wife do that? Yeah. yeah. <laughs> well, I mean, I've, I've, yeah, I've got my version of the dirt bike sitting in the garage. The, the, the Jeep kind of satisfies that open air itch these days. So I, uh, a little slower, a little more manageable. <laughs> My wife and I got, uh, well, actually, when we were dating, I had an actual Jesse James West Coast Chopper um, that I had bought oh, wow. uh, as a repo <laughs> with 2,000 miles on it. Um, it was it was an awesome. That sounds ride. about right. Right. Yeah. Yeah. I I was 20 years old, <laughs> bought this this West Coast Chopper. Um, it was it was awesome. But I bought it and I'd had two or three other bikes before that. <clears throat> and I had it for like, you know, I don't know, a year. And then my wife was like, you know, we have a kid. Um, you can't take the kid on the bike. You know, it was, it was rigid and everything. And uh, yeah. so I sold it. And then I thought I was good. You know, I thought I didn't need a motorcycle anymore, especially after all this time. And then this past summer, uh, my mom and my stepdad live in Florida. And I went down there, and he's got like seven motorcycles. No, and uh, he's a motorcycle hoarder, I think. And uh, he had this Harley uh, Softail. This, I think it's a 2010 Softail. And he's like, it's not been started in like two years. You want to ride it? <laughs> so I went on a ride with him, and um, I got back, and the first thing she said was, "You're not buying one." <laughs> Oh, come on. <clears throat> now, my, now mine goes another boat. Yeah. Yeah. I just need yeah. one more. Are you going to yeah. sell any? No, I might need it. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. So I, I'm, I'm, I'm uh, thankful in the fact that my wife, so it's a, it's a double-edged sword. My wife really enjoys uh, going out on the river mm -hmm. <clears throat> in a kayak, uh, especially. Uh, in a canoe, I think she'd just stay home. <laughs> right. Especially if I'm in the other end of the canoe. Yeah. Uh, but uh, I'm pretty thankful for that because uh, she, I'm like, hey, it's time to buy new kayaks. And she's like, all right, what are you getting me? <laughs> <laughs> yeah. Uh, but um, she's, she's pretty, she's pretty into it. Now it makes it difficult when my buddies want to go and she's like, and I'm going too, right? Oh, but, yeah. Yep, you're going to. <laughs> oh yeah, but that's 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 all right. I, it's give and take, I guess, right? Oh, a hundred percent. But you know, I mean, there it, it is something. That's I mean, we buy these, get these boats, buy these boats to fish, and a lot of people are like us. You know, our initial intent is to go fishing or whatever. But they they paddle well, they float well, and it is very nice to take your wife on a lazy saturday to float on the lake float on the river and 
you know, my wife, like, she just likes to go to paddle, look at things and yeah. she'll find a shade tree and read a book. I've told her not to get so underneath some of these trees sometimes because you, I mean, I'm just waiting. I'm just waiting. Yeah. <laughs> just waiting. Yeah. We'll find, just, I bet just takes on one. I bet she can walk on water. We're just, I'm just saying. <laughs> <laughs> I, had a, I had an eagle drop a snake right into the center of my kayak one time. Oh my gosh. Yeah, it was the most patriotic thing I've ever seen. <laughs> How many holes are in that boat? Because I know mine would have a few. <laughs> so I jumped out of that. Guaranteed. Boat. I jumped out immediately. Uh, oh, but all I could think of was that <laughs> bombs over Baghdad. You know. Oh yeah. That's what was going through my mind whenever that happened. But it was the craziest thing. It's like, oh, there's an eagle. Oh, it's got a snake. That's awesome. And then it's like, oh, that snake's falling right at me. <laughs> and, uh, so as soon as I saw it falling, I I jumped and it, and it landed right dead center of my kayak. It seemed oh to fit for me for sure. <laughs> but Jeez. I wish I'd had that on video. <laughs> yeah, that would that have been internet gold. Now you could have posted that on like TikTok and you've been making royalties off of it by now. Right. Yeah. I mean, yeah. then I could pair that song with it even. Yeah, I mean. <laughs> You probably had to give Outcast half the money, but I mean, you just still had fifty percent. <laughs> yeah. Um, uh, uh, do you do you take your family out on the water much? Or? Oh yeah, all the time. My uh, my daughter's got her two boats, and she she's got the. So I saw after and found her one of the um, old Jackson Supercharger paddle boards. Oh wow. um, So she's got that, and she's still got it, and still takes it out. We've got one extra set of fins left so if she breaks the fins she's pretty much done after that but um she still takes it out and she's actually got an old cruise 12 that she takes out my son's not a big water person um he's just he would go fishing with me when we when he was younger but it was more like eh, we're not catching anything can i run the trolling motor can i do this can i do that you know and as he got older, he got interested in girls and he hasn't found his way quite back here yet. But, uh, you know, one of these days, maybe I can see him, you know, if he has a son or something, he'll, he'll find that interest to take him out. Hopefully, if not, I feel do it. Yeah. So, and then my wife, she likes to go, um, like I said, quite a bit. She likes to go out there, float and read. And I kind of limit my fishing gear when I take her and just take a couple rods, a little light tackle box and go. Yeah, that's cool. We, um, I, I try to get my kids and my wife out as much as I can, but at this point in our lives, you know, they're we're all going in different directions. Uh, mm -hmm. We uh, we've tried the. I don't know if you go camping ever with them. Um, seems like I try every year. The last time we went as a family, anyways. Um, oh gosh, it was insane. So there's a stretch of river where um, there's about a, I don't know, half a mile stretch. You can actually paddle upstream pretty easily. Mm -hmm. And uh, so at, the, at that time, my youngest was two, my middle son was six, and my oldest was 11. And mm -hmm. uh, we, uh, we paddled upstream. We looked like, you know, the clampets of the, of the <laughs> river. Uh, our kayaks were like full of chairs and tents and coolers. And um, my oldest and my middle son, they were in their own kayaks. 
but uh, they had the skipper at the time. I don't know if you remember those. Oh, yeah. Uh, we paddled up and uh, <clears throat> had a great time. We uh, we set up camp. My wife accidentally, and I she won't agree with me, but she accidentally caught a 21-inch smallmouth, which was pretty impressive. Oh, yeah. Uh, that was with a Ned rig just sitting on the bottom because her line was wrapped around the eyelet, and she was messing with that. And then when she went to reel it back up, there was a giant smallmouth on there. Those are the best ones. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. If I remember right, Chase caught like an eight-pound pond bass doing that. <laughs> yep. My son caught about an eight-pound bass doing that on oh, accident. Man. Yeah. He just threw it out there, and Zach's like, you should probably start reeling. <laughs> <laughs> Your line is moving. He's picking out a bird, picking a bird's nest, picking a bird's nest out of his bait caster. <laughs> oh my gosh, that's the best. That is the best one. And usually, that you know that type of experience will get somebody just addicted. Like they're zoned in from that oh, point yeah. on. And usually, from that point on, they won't catch another fish. <laughs> they're, they're just trying too hard you know oh yeah yeah we uh we got up there and we set up camp and uh so i had checked the weather forecast um i don't know three or four times that day there's a 10 mm percent -hmm. chance of rain um at midnight which was no big deal All right and uh we get camp set up and uh i hear my phone go off ding and i look and it's text from a friend and he's like Hey, you're on the river, right? And I said, yeah. And he's like, did you see the weather? Yeah. Uh, well, there's rain, like a lot of rain coming. Oh, <laughs> and uh, I was like, ah, oh, we'll be okay. <clears throat> then I get like another one from somebody else, and then another one from somebody else, and another from somebody else. And I pull up the radar, and it's about 11, 11.30, so it's pitch black. Right. And uh, sure enough, it's not, I mean, this is like, you know, you know, biblical rain, you know, <laughs> and uh, so I'm like, great. So I wake up my kids, pack up this entire campsite, get everybody loaded in their kayaks, push everybody out into the water. Uh, my two-year-old is asleep. Um, we took our French bulldog with us. He's like barely cooperative because he's ticked off that I woke him up and uh, push everybody out of the water. I get in my kayak and I'm like, where is my son? My middle son was just gone. Like, Oh man. Wasn't there anymore. And it's black, you know? <clears throat> so I'm looking all over frantic and then I shine a light up on the bank. He had baked his kayak and went back to sleep in the sea. <laughs> oh my gosh. So I, uh, I tied a strap to the front of his kayak and I had to pull him back um, to the takeout. <laughs> uh, he was, he, I mean, he was, he might as well just lay down in his kayak and went to sleep. But he, he laid back like this in the seat and was just out. Oh, but I, we had to paddle back to the takeout and load up and, uh, and go, go home that night because it was about to get bad. And sure enough, that area flooded the next day. Oh man. And you've heard the story with uh Jameson and Chris Funk and all them when they stayed on the river when they did the take two promo stuff and the daggone water came up while they were sleeping at night and they all woke up floating on their mattresses. 
Oh my gosh! I didn't yeah. know. <laughs> they they thought that they was good, and there was like an extra release on the on the dam, and yeah, it flooded out, and they all Jeff Little and all of them woke up. Man, they was they was sleeping, they was floating. That's terrible. <laughs> they got out of there pretty quick. Yeah, but they did. Yeah. Yeah, that's <clears throat> that's scary. That's I'm thankful we don't have any. <clears throat> we have dams here, but not you know, not that'll affect the river level like that. Usually, you know, they're releasing on, on the other side, so it's mm-hmm. you know, it's not too treacherous. But it's uh, yeah, <clears throat> rain. Rain and camping is something I typically don't mess with too much unless it's, you know, 10% chance. But obviously that's not, that, that, that uh, school of thought doesn't always hold true. Mm-hmm. <laughs> I don't know if you know Jason Griffith. Oh, yeah. Uh, so he, he and a couple other guys were camping. Um, I want to say it was Big Piney mm-hmm. down here. And uh, anyways, um <laughs> They got their kayaks washed down the river. Oh man. Yeah. So water rose while they were asleep and thankfully didn't get to their tents because their tents were another step higher, but washed their kayaks down the river. It's a long walk home. Jeez. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. yeah I want to say the Coast Guard or somebody, a game warden maybe found found the kayaks. They were all chained together. So they all went down as a unit. But flotilla. I like it. Flotilla. <laughs> Now, um, you've got some other stuff that you're kind of working on. Um, we kind of let you elaborate on that a little bit and kind of tell us um, you, you're starting a podcast. Yeah, I'm, I'm in the uh, I've written out the first couple of what I want to do, the first couple episodes um, and got gear and stuff like that. Um, I've not <clears throat> put a date on when it's coming out. For sure yet, but I'm hoping in the next uh, month or so we'll go ahead and shoot the first episode. Uh, probably won't be live uh, because, let's be honest, I'm not smart enough to to do my first couple live. And then we aren't time. either. We're still not. <laughs> oh, I'm still, <laughs> we're still I'm not. <laughs> uh, but yeah, it's it's going to be called uh, the All American Dad, um, and you know we'll be talking about everything that, that interests me because I feel like I'm probably the most average American dad you can find. <laughs> so, um, but you know, it'll be, we'll be talking about, you know, lifting weights and, uh, bourbon and, uh, you know, fishing and hunting and camping and all that fun stuff, you know? There so, you go. Um, but, it may it may be too uh, too broad, um, but I think you know, I think there are a lot of guys out there that that can relate and be interested in something like that. Um, but we'll see we'll see how it goes. <laughs> well, yeah, no, I think it's a it's a pretty valid topic these days with yeah you know everything that's going on the the uh, oh how do I just the ideologies that are out there right now and the way some of these kids have been raised, it, it'll be good. Um, I think, you know, even if it gets some folks interested and, you know, they mm-hmm. want to pick up a new hobby or something to do with their, their sons or daughters or whatever, and, and just yeah. get them outdoors and get them interested in things. Yeah. And so I, my wife and I, we help at our youth group um, at church and stuff. And 
and uh, I've always kind of my wife is a children's pastor um, and I uh, have always been either involved in that or involved in youth <coughs> for quite a for quite a while the last 14 years and I can tell you that um, every kid needs you know needs something to do with their dad boy or girl either way and sometimes i think dads just don't know where to start you know yeah, um, yeah. And I, I've, I've seen that a lot and then sometimes <clears throat> sometimes there is no dad and i think that that is something that that needs to be talked about too um i had four kids and uh that were not mine but i uh, kind of adopted them through their high school years you know uh Two of them had dads at the house that weren't really involved uh, in their life at all. Then the other two um, just didn't have dads involved or around at all. And uh, I've got to see those boys grow up and start their own families now and stuff like that. It's been pretty rewarding, but I feel like um, I feel like that's something that we got to pass on, you know, and and talk about and encourage other guys to do. And it it is a time suck for sure. Like. I can't tell you how many times I had a kid calling me at 3 a.m. and I'd have to drive 30 minutes to his house to pick him up because his mom's boyfriend was beating her, his mom up, you know, or something like that, you know, crazy stuff like that. But at the same time, seeing these kids, you know, uh, three of them are in the military now and seeing them do stuff like that and, and you know, having kids of their own is, is just as rewarding as, you know, watching my own kids do it. So. Mm-hmm. Um, but, but like I said, I think, you know, these things need to be talked about in an open forum. Um, and, you know, people need educated on it. And I don't think you get, so, so the majority of it, I, I think probably is learned through trial and error, but I think hearing someone else, you know, hearing about someone else, someone else having done it successfully, mm-hmm. uh, it's probably, hopefully enough of, of an encouragement that somebody's willing to try it, you know? Yeah, absolutely. And I think, you know, that, that speaks volumes, um, you know, the type of person you are just the out and you've got a lot to offer in that. Just, just like you said, I mean, you've got the outdoors, hunting, fishing, um, man of faith, and then, you know, weightlifting, different things like that. I mean, you, you've really got a lot of topics that you can, that you can talk to that, are also good bonding topics, you know, I mean, for any, any dad or any, any social group, um, of different, uh, sorry, that was the wrong comment that was supposed to pop up. That's because somebody hit their mouse. Um, (laughs) (laughs) that was like so inappropriate. See, you can't. So this is your encouragement right here. You cannot <laughs> screw up. You're I encouraged. <laughs> you should be great. Problem with the live. There's no editing that out. No editing that. Out. Anybody that goes to to YouTube from now to forever will be able to see that mistake that I just made. <laughs> Congratulations. Oh, so, yeah, that kid cracks his head openers. I don't know. <laughs> Zach, take it from here. <laughs> <laughs> no, like you said, though, I mean, there, 
they're all good avenues for you know bonding experiences or even like you kind of alluded to there for for kids to escape maybe a bad situation at home or you know something of that nature get them started in that and once they get their license you know they're able to get out and escape and just kind of de-stress or decompress on their own and you know pour themselves into something good and constructive and you know rather than than going a, a different direction yeah for sure and uh you know we we're kind of in a society i don't want to get political but we're kind of in a society where where people are concerned about feelings and stuff like that and, and maybe sometimes rightfully so but i think anymore it's done to the detriment of especially young boys because your feelings mm-hmm. are gonna lie to you you know mm-hmm. and uh we i think you know being in the military in the past and stuff it's like you learn quickly in the military that your feelings will betray you and that sometimes you just need to to see um a path forward and you know even if it's not the right path forward it's a positive path forward um and kids don't have that you know um if they don't have a good father figure in the house they don't have that that positive path forward and and where it comes out of there you know is anyone's guess it depends on the kid and the environment but i've like i said i've been around youth kids for 14 years now and i've seen it go every which way from jail to you know you know wherever and sometimes sometimes it does still end up positive um but more often than not it's it's not a good thing right yeah Yeah. no for sure but yeah i think you know with this like i said with um you know when you do and when you look at kids today and i do think that they are faced with different sets of circumstances than we were ever faced with as kids probably based on our ages mm-hmm. um you know with social media and the different things that are out there it is hard on a kid uh, there's constant judgment i guess would be the best way to put it um yeah you know, when you look at likes on posts and comments on posts and just the nasty things that people say, you know, there's, there's a lot of constant judgment and I can see, you know, how that can um, drive a kid's thoughts and things in a different direction than maybe we'd like them to go. So I think, you know, having encouragement through whether it's to dad, to a podcast or whatever, um, you know, that starts that ball rolling. I think it's great. Yeah. Yeah. Yeah, we'll see how it turns out, but I hope, you know, that I can put some kind of information out there that, you know, is useful in some way uh, to somebody. But if nothing else, it'll be fun. (laughs) It's a blast. And, you know, I mean, you've probably got got a good taste for here tonight. And, you you know, it ain't nobody but the people in the room that are talking. And, you know, we've got some comments filtering in here on the side, but really it's a conversation between the three of us and, People, I like listening to podcasts. I, I listen to different podcasts every day, pretty much. And yeah. I feel like I learn something sometimes when I listen to them, unless it's the Orion podcast. And probably a lot of people don't learn much unless you want to talk about <laughs> three wheelers and <laughs> cracking your head open. Yeah. yeah. <laughs> they learn how to run down a rat. They learn how to run down a rabbit hole, if nothing else. 
<laughs> seen a lot of rabbits today. <laughs> yeah, yeah. Yeah. That's we saw a 20 minute rabbit based on three wheelers, three wheelers, I think. I'm good with that. <laughs> yeah, well, whether it's whether it's protein pop tarts or old school three wheelers, we got you covered. There, so, we did have the pop tarts uh, comment. <laughs> Jason Cassidy was in the comments on the pop tarts. Um, for those, <laughs> yeah, it's a legendary. Uh, this is here we go is, again. It's they're great. I've got a stack of them on my desk at work right now. Hold Hashtag on. not sponsored. Not sponsored by legendary. <laughs> Legendary Foods, the protein pop tarts. Um, in case anybody was wondering, they did have a giveaway going. They've also got cinnamon rolls for the record, Zach. Um, legendary, pop, legendary pop tarts. If you're listening, can you tell me anything I don't know? Uh, <laughs> we take some. Um, for those of you that don't know, you probably can't see that. Legendary. Oh, I see it now. That was oh, cool. yeah. Um, amazing. Um, you can pick them up on Amazon or at your local GNC. I'm gonna have to look those up. That's uh, what was they? 25 grams of protein. <laughs> yeah, that's not bad. What about carbs? Uh, 20, carbs was pretty low. 20, 20, 20, 20 grams of protein and five grams of net carbs. Ooh, yeah. I think yeah, they got yeah. 20, 24 grams of carbs total, but then they got some fiber and then some of that other carbs is urethritol, so that kind of cancels. That's unless out. unless you get the legendary wild berry protein sweet roll. It's got six oh. grams of carbs. Interesting. As long as they don't taste like... Here we go again. As long no. as they don't taste like sugar-free jelly smeared on someone's foot, then we're... No, they actually, they actually they <laughs> actually, do not. They're actually, actually really good. And, you know, I don't know how you are, Chris, but I always, before I went fishing, like every time I had to get like the old uh, Monster Energy and the... Uh, old uh, little Debbie sweet roll there to gas station before I took off. I mean, that was just like the white icing. I mean, if I was going to catch fish, I had to have them two things since I've grown up. I've grown up. I remember those days. Yeah. I've grown up, graduated to coffee, but in sausage, egg and cheese biscuits. But yes, part of me still wants, <laughs> if I feel like if I can bring these sweet rolls back and they're healthy for me, then like, it's just good karma. Yeah, I'm gonna have to skip out on the monster <laughs> energy because I'm just getting too old. Black coffee's where it's at now. Oh, uh, I probably drink an unhealthy amount of caffeine. It's like I'll have pre workout in the morning, you know, for my workout, and then uh, it's 300 milligrams of caffeine. And then I go to work and I'm like, well, I need another, and I'll end up slamming a monster <laughs> while I'm there. It's before you know it, you're at 600 milligrams of caffeine for yep. the day, and it's like. That's pretty much my daily dose, though. And by the time I burn through my pre-workout, I'm I'm ready for another round. So yeah, I can yeah. feel my resting heart rate in my eyeballs. I think no. <laughs> that's how you know you're awake. Yeah, <laughs> that's how it keeps you awake, bro. That's how that's how you know you're awake. I could probably still fall asleep some days. It feels like, but no, uh, yeah, hundred percent. I keep, you know, cold brew coffee. I can drink that as fast as I want to. And then, you know, when it's cold outside, a little heated coffee. So I, I kind of move back and forth between my coffees. But, uh, yeah, the blacker the coffee, the better anymore. It's, it took a while, but I got there. Yeah. So. I'm, I'm drinking, you know, whoa, espresso. There you uh, go. And uh, <laughs> I can drink it and go straight to bed. Yeah. 
And I don't know that I was intended to do that. <laughs> I, I, I like to I like to call that I like to call that caffeine adapted. <laughs> I concur, doctor. Right. Yeah. I, for I, uh, all your medical yeah. advice and dietitian, follow us on the Orion podcast where we talk about protein pop tarts and caffeine regimens. Right. I hope My, that actually so like when you do these podcasts, just so you know, when it actually airs on YouTube, you get like highlight points um where like certain <laughs> questions were asked and different things. So these will these could very well possibly pop up in our search afterwards oh, just, oh i mentioned the c word too hopefully that doesn't kill your algorithm or whatever i don't even remember what the c yeah. word. it'll be fine i, I do yeah. I, I didn't even think about that but it's yeah. uh yeah what i my don't co- i don't care no oh okay <laughs> well, my co- <laughs> i was telling him i was like yeah you know i was drinking a lobster and he came by and he's like do you even feel those things anymore and i said well i think i do <laughs> and the, he's like i think at this point you're just gonna have to move straight to hardcore drugs because depends on how depends on how fast you drink it <laughs> right. this yeah. is also true yeah if it all hit, if you guzzle it and it all hits at once is it better well oh yeah, yeah. it'll wake you up in a hurry yeah yeah <laughs> But then you don't get to enjoy it as you step on it. So yeah, see, that's my thing. Like I always, whenever I did pre-workout, I would always put like a full 32 ounce, 16 ounce glass of water with it. And then it's like, I'm sitting over there sipping it going, oh, I hope I wake up. And <laughs> <laughs> I don't know if that's how you're supposed to do yeah, it. Yeah, I still do. I still <laughs> do. I mean, all the, the one scoop in about 26 ounces of water and down that before I ever start the workout. So you think it tastes any better with eight ounces, like they say? No, it's too sweet. No, no, not for me because the the flavors are too strong. I like to dilute it myself. Yeah, yeah. yeah I put like twenty four ounces of water with mine, but uh, it's better if you just yeah. dry scoop it and just chug the water. <laughs> no, don't dry scoop. That's no. You should edit that out. I'm not built for that. I'm not. I'm not built for that. There's Instagram. There's Instagram reels and TikToks out there with people running down the road dumping that crap in their mouth can you imagine i saw a kid do that at the gym. Oh, oh. he inhaled instead of you know like when he was getting ready to drink he inhaled <laughs> and he choked i thought he was gonna die because oh. it was like you know so and then immediately you know he was like puking it out of his mouth but oh my gosh yeah yeah if it hits if it yeah if it if you inhale it dry like that it burns like none other <laughs> Never tried. It's like it's like well, I've never done it with a pre-workout, but I I dry scoop my greens supplement oh, um, yeah. usually at night before I go to bed, and I've done the same thing with that greens. I kind of coughed as I did that, and it hit yeah. the back of my throat, and it was like somebody was holding a match back there. It burns so bad. It's talking about it that, you know those those green supplements just oh. I can see why you would drive. I don't know what you use, but I was using first form and I love everything first form except for their greens. Yep. I, I think that the first form greens taste like those pies, those mud pies you used to make when you were a kid. And <laughs> it's like somebody made a mud pie. Earthy. 
Yeah, and then threw like a couple strawberries in there and then stirred it with their feet. It's like, <laughs> <laughs> now, see, I, I didn't, I thought to me they tasted like unsweetened green tea is what the first four months taste like oh, to me. Earthy. Um, I've never had green tea that yeah. tasted like that. I, if, if, it's almost like they intentionally made it taste bad because they're like, Let's see how dedicated these idiots are. You know, <laughs> that's that's the one. I, that's still the one and only one I've used. Really? Oh, that's yeah. I I have a can yeah. that's not open because the other can that I bought, I forced myself halfway through. But I started buying Titan Greens, and Titan okay. Greens are fantastic. Mm. But I can see okay. why you dry scoop those. <laughs> yeah. I, I well, and usually too, I do it right before I go to bed, and I don't want to drink a whole bunch of water right before I go to sleep. So that's no, because you're getting old. You have to get but... up like eight times a night if you drink that much water before you go to bed. Now, <laughs> I don't wake up, but usually when I do wake up, I feel like I'm about to burst. So that's yeah. why <laughs> <laughs> gets better. Yeah. Let me tell you. <laughs> oh man! Oh, that's a this podcast went man. great. There's a whole, that's a whole nother Orion podcast. I think I think we spent 15 minutes of this whole time talking about the outdoors. The yeah, four wheelers and green supplements. The rest of it were just yeah, throwback memories know. and getting old and I don't know protein pop tarts. It protein pop tarts derails us again. I don't know why. <laughs> Fabulous though. I'm gonna order some. <laughs> I recommend oh, cookies and cream geez. or the red velvet. Uh, <laughs> oh man, that's yeah, my love language right there. Oh. And you put them in the, you just put them in the toaster like you used to when you was a kid. Here we go. We're back yep. on it. How did we end up here? <laughs> Jason Cassidy. Jason oh. Cassidy again. Yeah. Um, Jason, it's your fault. It is. I'm sending a message. All right, guys. Well, we've. I don't know what we did for an hour and 10 minutes, but Chris, what did we even talk about? I don't know. Thanks for being here, dude. Yeah. <laughs> it was fun. I had a good time. I don't know what people learned. Oh, man. <laughs> well, they learned not to dry scoop protein or uh, pre workout. That's a bad idea. Don't and, ride three wheelers. Uh, <laughs> and the only logical choice after uh, caffeine, out buy of a good helmet for drugs. Yeah. <laughs> there you have it tell the people where to find you uh, on. tell the people where to find you on the social medias thank the people that you need to thank uh, and where your podcast will be yeah where your podcast so will be podcast will be on youtube um i have a uh channel and a facebook page called riverbound i'm going to post it on there for now um but i will be starting one called the all-american dad I already got a TikTok set up uh, with that. Um, I'll, I'll be rolling out all social media stuff for that. But also for me personally, for all my regular life and fishing content and life content and everything else that nobody's interested in, uh, you can find me on Facebook or Instagram. And, uh, yeah, that's about it. There you go. I've got a couple of, I think, what are high-quality video productions on YouTube if anybody wants to check them out. And yes, Creek X is featured on there several times. There you go. There yeah. you go. 
Well, uh, with that being said, we'd like to thank uh, Jackson Kayak, number one, jacksonkayak.com. Check out your next Jackson Kayak and find your Jackson Kayak dealer uh, right there on the old jacksonkayak.com website. Secondly, biggest things, Orion Coolers, um, keeping it cool, inspired by the outdoors, built for the adventure. Um, Happy to have them on board with us for this uh, little thing we call a podcast. Um, you can also pick your Orion cooler up and your Orion cooler accessories at jacksonkite.com. Um, lastly, Z-Pro. Z-Pro batteries powering Zach and I in our little adventures. Kite fishing, hunting. I don't know. They're adventures. Um, keeping us charged Shenanigans. up. Shenanigans. Um, so thank, shout out to the folks at Z-Pro. Pick those up. ZProLithium.com. Thanks for watching. We'll see you on the next one. Uh, who we got on the next one, Zach? Good buddy of mine, uh, Matt Davis, who I met, I don't know, it's been probably almost 10 years ago now. Does uh, he like Pop-Tarts? He's actually, <laughs> yeah, Matt. Matt's a Pop-Tart guy for sure. Um, he'd definitely be down with protein Pop-Tarts. He He's a good dude. He's in the supplement industry now. He's got his own business going in the upland space as well. He's a big, big bird hunter with the the old shotguns and uh, still kills a thing or two with a with a stick bow. So he'll be a, a super cool conversation to have with him. There you go. You guys got that coming back. Tuesday the 21st at 8 p.m. Eastern will be live. If not, catch it on the Spotify's, Google Plays, Pandora's, Samsung's, not Apple. Um, we'll get there. We're not you? there yet. I got to get that taken care of. Yeah, somebody does. Um, be back. Doc Talk uh, the 9th of this week, Thursday the 9th. We'll be back next episode of Jackson Kayak Doc Talk. Check those out at Jackson Kayak YouTube and Jackson Kayak Facebook page. And I'm out of breath. Thank you guys for watching. We're out of here. Okay,